So how y'all doing this morning? So who's tired from yesterday? But it was a good day, wasn't it? Y'all want to do it again next Saturday? I'm all in. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. This week I was um, at the hardware, and I love to hang out. I don't just intentionally hang out at the hardware, but I like to go to the hardwares, and I like to go to barber shops. Believe it or not, I get my hair trimmed every two weeks. And um, I like to listen to people. You know, so a lot of times I kind of stalk around and I listen because that's how you find out what's really going on in Watson is you hang out at Stories and Johnny's and the hardware and the barbershop and you kind of get a pulse of, of, of the community. And so this week I was in the hardware picking up some stuff and um, there was a group of guys standing there talking and I was looking for whatever I was looking for at the time and, and they was talking about yesterday and they said, you know, my, my granddaughter come home with a card from school about some kind of Easter egg hunt. And I went, yes, that means they went out. And he said, and he said, yeah, he said it's something, the association or Eastern, I don't know what that is. And, and he said, and then I find out that it's four Baptist churches working together. Who would ever thunk? And I'm going, yes, because that was our goal. And so, and so they're talking and talking, and finally I had all I could stand, so I just had to kind of interrupt in a conversation because I was already being nosy. And I said, you know, I said, it, that's what we're supposed to be doing as churches. We're supposed to be working together for the kingdom. It's not about the church. It's about the kingdom. And um, one of them said, well, who are you? And I said, I'm Johnny Morgan. They said, where do you go to church? I said, I attend Live at Baptist Church, and I was just going to leave it like that. You don't throw all your cards out on the table to start, do you? <laughs> well, then one of them, I said, well, you're the pastor there. And I said, well, I still attend there. And I said, you know, if you're a pastor, you got to attend. And so it was a good conversation. But um, I just can't say enough how much I appreciate everybody that showed up yesterday and worked. This whole week has been phenomenal because we had people show up and, and count cards and rubber band cards and deliver cards. And then literally at a moment's notice, a text message went out and said, hey, we need to stuff bags to get bags ready to go out to hand out to everybody because we made just bags and put all the church's information into one bag to pass out and Everybody just worked, you know, and I was standing over to the side with a couple of pastors, and they said, man, you got Live Oak shirts everywhere here. I said, that's why I love my church, because you say, show up, and they do. And so it was a great day, you know, um, the 10,000 eggs that fell out of the helicopter, all those was for God's glory. I would not have piloted that helicopter in that wind, because I went back and was watching videos on my phone, and you could watch him, and all of a sudden, he'd do this, and right there, it would have been all over for me. <laughs> And so, uh, but he did it, and that's what he gets paid to do. And so uh, I've learned you, you ask church members to do it without their wife. You, you, you put the, the member up in the thing, and I was told in one of the classes that that was a bad choice. You don't put the only medic in the helicopter. You put the pastor in the helicopter. I don't know what that meant, but we'll go with it. That dad was pretty important yesterday, and I wasn't. And so uh, anyway, it was a good day, and... In the 8 o'clock service, Mr. Renee Robichaud shared a story. And, you know, sometimes you go and you don't know why you're at something. But you're just obedient and you show up. And so yesterday she was there and she come and she helped kind of greet people as they was coming through. And at the end of it, she really didn't know what to do. So she kind of went made her way back to the table where we did all the um, data entry as people was coming in. And... Um, 
she was sitting there and she saw a lady leaving that she knew and she hadn't seen in a while and they made eye contact and so she got up and went and was talking to her and the lady just started sharing, you know, that that um, she didn't know why she was there. She'd gone through a really hard time in her life just here recently and stuff and Miss Renee said, well, can I pray with you? So she prayed with her right there on the spot and the lady said, I really don't know why I'm here but it was something in the songs that I heard sing from the worship team it was something that the guy said when he was presenting with the dogs, and I knew that God had me here for a reason. And I knew that I know that God had Renee Robichaud there for a reason to pray with her. And so it's about being obedient. Sometimes we don't know why we're making cotton candy or why we're stuffing folders or what we're doing, but it's so that people see God, and that's what's important. And so uh, I, I am excited about it, you know, and be praying. The one at Walker, I just found out right when service was starting, got canceled today because of the rain. And our God showed up big fires because if you'd have been watching the weather, I was literally got an ulcer this week because every time I'd open my weather app, it'd be one thing. And I'd open it three hours later, it'd be something else. And Thursday, all the pastors that got, got together over lunch, because that's what all good pastors do, right? We eat lunch and breakfast and supper. And so we was eating lunch Thursday and we was trying to make a decision on what we was going to do, whether or not we was going to have it yesterday or move it to the day or move it to next Saturday. And we was, all of us, we had four different apps, all had four different things. And they all just kind of looked at me and said, what do you think? I said, we're going to do it because our God's a big God. And so we prayed and prayed about it, and um, God showed up. And we had a lot of people yesterday at this event for the first time. And so um, go ahead and put it on your calendar. Next year we're going to do it, and, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun again. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings, um, 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 16. And you know, we've been talking about um, his blood is greater than our sin. And today where we're going to be at is, you know, they were still sacrificing animals. And, and, and I, I was studying this week and as I was looking, and last night I, I was um, going through my notes one more time. And I was thinking, boy, this is one of my favorite passages. But I feel like every time I stand up in front of church, I say, this is my favorite passage. So let me qualify. This is my favorite passage right here, the whole book. Because every time I read, I fall in love with something. And that's my prayer this morning, that we'll just get lost in his love this morning. And that we'll just fall in love with him. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Father. And I just thank you for today. Father, what a day. What a day. That you've given us already. And Father, right now, Father, I just pray that we just get lost in your love. Father, we get lost in your words. And Father, we just fall head over heels in love with you. Father, and today that we see how you want us to live for ourselves, for our family, for our community, for our world. And that, Father, that we just go and we do. Father, we love you. Son's name I pray. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, we'll start in verse 16. It said, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And when, when he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? Have I not made trouble for Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet with me on Mount Carmel. 
and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asera who eat at, the, at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. And Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. And then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood and, and not, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. And then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal answered as they shouted, but there was no response and no one answered. And they danced around the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and they slashed themselves with swords and spears. This was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. And they came to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. And Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. And with the stones he built the altar in the name of the Lord. And he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seats of seed. And he arranged the wood, and he cut the bull into pieces. And he laid it on the wood. Then he told them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and, and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he offered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and have done all the things you are at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that, Lord, you are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. And then fire from the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to Kishon Valley and slaughtered them there. You know, there's just some stories in the Bible that I would love to have been there and seen in person. You know, whenever, whenever Ezekiel called about the breath and all those bones, the dry bones, come to life and stood... I'd love to have been in the boat when Jesus walked on water. But could you imagine sitting here watching this unfold? They don't even put stuff like this on TV. I mean, think about it. You know, think about, you know, 
how this all happened. And that's why I get a loss for words sometimes for what God does. Because whenever you read this, how can you not believe in him? How can you not get excited about him? No, whenever it starts out, the whole thing in verse 16, and, and it says that Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, the troubler of Israel? Now, wouldn't that be pretty cool if somebody come up to you and said, Man, you're a troubler for God. You're a troubler, right? And he walks up and he says, Are you a troubler? And Elijah went right back at him. Now, this is the king. The king could have had him killed like that. And he looked at him and he said, I've not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands. You know, right there, Elijah calls out the king and his family and says, you're the one that's doing wrong. You're the one that's walked away. You're the one that's not following God anymore. How powerful is that? And so whenever you start looking and you start seeing this, and, but you know it goes down when you get in verse 21. This is where everything changes, and I love this verse. It says, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. I mean, he's telling them right there, you're either going to follow God or you're going to follow this false God. You're either going to follow God or you're going to follow them. What are you going to do? It's time to get off the fence and it's time to start following. He's calling out not only the king but the people. America, April 14th, 2019. We're on the fence, are we not? Whenever you start looking and you start reading Scripture, you're reading where we're at today. Things haven't changed. But then the way he ends this verse, but the people said nothing. But the people said nothing. How many days go by that we don't say nothing? Why is America in the shape that it's in? Why is Watson in the shape that it's in? Why is the world in the shape that it's in? Because we say nothing. We stand by. We serve a God that sent fire from heaven. We serve a God that brought bones back to life. We serve a God that sent his son to live and to die and to be resurrected. And yet we stand and say nothing. When you back up just a verse and you look at this, and you know, Elijah was chasing after God, and Elijah was following. And whenever he challenged Ahab, and he said, send and get all your people, send and get all your prophets. And whenever he brought them, and as I went back and studied, why did he pick Mount Carmel? Why? Because whoever controlled that mountain controlled the country. They controlled it religiously. They controlled it politically. They controlled it with the military. It was the largest mountain. And whoever controlled that controlled everything. So he brought all the people to that control point to prove who God was. And so whenever you read this scripture, you know, and you start seeing this unfold, Elijah was very purposeful in what he'd done. Everything that he'd done, he was lining up so that whenever it was all said and done, there would be no other way that you could look and say God's not God. So he's called the people out and he's told them, you know, Look, what are you going to do? 
Live Oak Baptist Church, what are we going to do? Are we going to straddle the fence? Are we going to be silent? Are we going to take our God that we love into our homes, into our schools, into this community, into this world? We need to be doing events like we've done yesterday every weekend. There is people that need to hear God. There's people that need to see. It's not about Amit Baptists or Live Oak Baptists or New Bethlehem Baptists or Watson Baptists that participated yesterday. It's about God. And so whenever you start reading these scriptures and, you know, and, and it starts going down and, and you know, and, and Elijah, you know, just to set the whole pace, he lets them pick first. That way there's no dispute over anything. He says, you pick the bull you want. There's two bulls. You pick the one you want. You go ahead and prepare him. You get him ready for sacrifice. And they do it. And so they, they get the altar prepared. They put their wood on it. You know, they put their bull on it. And then it starts. And you have to believe it was like a Jerry Springer show out there. You know? Because these guys are praying and they're praying and they're praying and nothing's happening and they're praying and they're praying and nothing's happening. Hours are passing. Can you imagine a whole nation standing there watching 450 guys doing something that wasn't working? And so at lunchtime, I have to believe I would be like an Elijah. I would have, my mouth could not stay closed. I would have to taunt like he did. You know, because whenever you look, what's he do? You know, he tells them. He says, you need to shout louder. Shout louder. Apparently he's sleeping. I mean, he's humiliating these guys in front of the whole country. And he's taunting them. He's saying, look, man, shout louder. Maybe you need to dance harder. Maybe, maybe you need to cut yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I prick my finger every morning and I give myself my insulin shots every day, there's nothing inside Johnny Morgan that wants to cut himself till blood flows. Nothing. And that's what these guys was doing. They literally was frantic to the point to where they was starting to panic. And they start cutting themselves with spears. I mean, we're not talking pocket knives like I got in my pocket. I mean with spears and with swords, cutting themselves, big cuts, blood flowing, not blood trickling. It didn't say blood trickled. It didn't say it dropped little droplets. It flowed. Cutting themselves to blood flowed. And nothing happened. But then I love how it happened whenever Elijah, he steps up and he looks at the people and what's he say? Come here to me. Come here to me. I want you to come here. I want you to gather in. I want this whole nation to pull in close. I want you to pull in close to me. I want you to see what's about to happen firsthand. I want you to see this, not on a YouTube video. I don't want this FaceTime live. I want your eyes on what's about to happen right here. I want you to experience this up close and personal. And so he calls them in, and he's real methodical about rebuilding the altar that they had tore down years ago, and he pulls each stone in to represent each tribe to make sure everybody knows they're included in this. And he gets those 12 stones gathered. He's real methodical. He puts the wood on there. Then he sacrifices this bull. 
and he cuts that bull and he puts that bull on that, on that wood. But then he don't just stop there because he wants it to be 100% accurate that they know who God is. He don't want anything for the imagination to say, oh, maybe it was just a lightning bolt or maybe it was just this. Pour water on it. Pour water on it. Remember, he had dug a trench around it. Pour water on it again. We're going to fill this trench with water too. And so it's saturated with water. I've built a lot of fires in my life. You don't wet, you don't light a wet fire, do you? Not unless you got a lot of gas or a lot of diesel. Preferably diesel, not gas, because then you're going to have a flash and then go to the hospital. But he wet it down. But then even then, when he steps up, at the time of the sacrifice, he steps up, and it don't say that he screamed, it don't say that he danced, he didn't cut himself. He just prayed the simple prayer. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all the things that you have commanded me. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. The purpose of that day wasn't for that sacrifice to get burned up. That purpose was to turn a nation back to God. And that was his prayer. God, you're God. God, you're going to show up in a big way. God, these people need to see how big you are. God, I've been your faithful servant. I've done everything you've commanded me. God, turn their hearts back now. And then what's it say? He finished praying. Then fire. The fire of the Lord fell, burned up the sacrifice, it burned up the wood, it burned up the stones, it burned up the soil, and it licked up the water from the trench. It took everything, so there was no doubt where that fire come from. Could you imagine? I'd have loved to have been on the front row and seen that. Could you imagine elbowing? That's my God. That's my God. Did you just see what he done? He burned the bull up. He burned the wood up. He burned those stones up that represent me. He burned the dirt up under him, burned the water up. And what's it say? The people fell prostrate. Not just some of them. All of them fell prostrate and worshiped God. Is that not incredible? Whenever you think about that, is that not incredible to see? There's people here today that need to rebuild their altars. There's people here today that need to build their altar back and say, God, this is yours. God, I need you to take control of my life. God, I need to surrender everything to you because that's what he wants. You know, whenever you start looking at prayer, you know, do I believe prayer works? Absolutely. I saw prayer work yesterday. I've saw prayer work through my family. I've saw prayer work through this church. Think about it. 193 last Sunday, 191 this Sunday, has answered prayer. And these prayers didn't just start. These prayers have been prayed for years. Because I can remember sitting in an office over there with my pastor and him saying that church needs to be built on Sunday school and small groups. That's what builds a healthy church. And what are we seeing now? We're seeing health because people's being taught the love of God. They're being taught the word of God and they're being... And we're starting to understand it. 
I've seen prayer work through our finances. And today's message isn't a tithing message, so don't get all nervous on me. But I'm telling you, I've seen the last six weeks, moving into March, we was in the red, and a group of men got together and said, we're going to do a prayer breakfast on March 2nd. And the six Sundays ever since, we've taken in more than our budget needs. That's how big our God is, because we got on our knees and prayed for it. April 28th at 6 o'clock in the morning, man, there's another one. So put it on your calendar. You can get your phones out right now. I don't want you to forget. April 28th at 6 a.m. in the morning. And it's being done early. That way you can come eat breakfast, you can pray, and you can go back home and get your family. It's going to be on a Sunday morning. But you know what? As I was getting ready for this and as I was looking, God don't want a piece of us. He wants all of us. God had all of Elijah. That's why Elijah could call the fire down from heaven like he did from God. Because Elijah was surrendered and head over heels in love with God and willing to do whatever it took. You know, God doesn't want our stuff. He don't need our stuff. He wants you. He wants me. God don't need our money. He wants you. And I'm standing here convinced today that if he has you, all of you, he's got all of your money. So that's why I say today isn't a tithing message. Because if he's got you, he's got you. God wants you. Does he have you? Where are we at? Whenever, whenever you hear this word, when you hear this scripture, and it says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Where are you at? Can you look and say, God has all of me. God has all of me. And I've mentioned it, and I know I've mentioned it several times. And you say, well, you know something? I don't worship Baal. But do you worship your job? Do you worship your family? Do you worship your finances? Do you worship your hobbies? Do you worship your Saturday mornings when you get to stay home and do nothing? Nothing's wrong with none of those things, but when we put them before God, then they become a bail. And that's what Elijah's talking about right here. How long will we waver between the two? How long will we waver between the two? But then when it closes, it said, the people said nothing. Don't be the people that says nothing. This world needs to hear from us who God is. How's this world going to change whenever we get vocal? We start praying for our world, and we start spending time telling our world about our God. Yesterday was a start, hopefully, for these four churches to do more together. And I know it is because I've talked to these guys. If we can all get together and work together, we're going to cover more ground. But today, today, how are you wavering? How are you wavering? Are we still chasing the things that aren't of God? Have we crossed that fence and say, God, I'm yours. I'm all yours. I'm going to do whatever you want. That's not easy. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I hope that when I take my last breath that I get to heaven and he's going to look at me and say, Johnny, you're a hot mess. You're scarred up. You're dirty. You're dingy. But you did a good job. That's what my goal is. I don't care what people think here about me. I don't. As long as they look at me and they think that's a godly man. Because that's what it's about. So whenever you look and you hear those words, how are you going to waver? How are you going to waver? But then it goes down. What if we started praying the way Elijah prayed? Lord, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel. What if we change that? We said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are the God in Watson and that I am your servant and I have done these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people in Watson will know that you are Lord, that you are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. That's when we're going to see the fire fall. And it might not be a physical fire like Elijah saw right here, but there's going to be a fire that's going to fall, and we're going to see an awakening in Watson, Louisiana, that the rest of the world is going to sit back and say, what just happened there? And we can say, our God showed up because it was the cry of our hearts. Our God showed up and took back control. But we have to be start. We have to start it. We can't be silent. We can't be silent.